Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Topper. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, tough love, helping ADHD teens get it. And with us in our virtual studio is uh, Dr. Sarah Sayette. We're going to get into the content of the show here in a minute, but a few uh, announcements. Number one, uh, I'm, I'm grateful and honored. I was asked to, to participate this year in the 2019 Succeed with ADHD Telesummit. It's July the 15th to the 19th. Um, there's a lot of great um, speakers at this year's Telesummit. This is the ninth year in the road that they've done it. I'd have to say we've probably interviewed 60 or 70% of them on Attention Talk Radio, so that I know that it's good content. I'm excited to be presenting on a topic called Basic Truths, and we're going to talk about, uh, when you look at ADHD, some truths that are out there that, are, that don't appear the way that they do, really, to kind of open your mind. I encourage you to check this out, and actually, we appreciate it if you would go to this unique URL. It's succeedwithadhdtelesummit.com forward slash ATR. Again, it's succeedwithadhdtelesummit.com forward slash ATR. You can sign up for the event. It's free. I think you can pay some money if you want to get uh, downloads of all the presentations a little bit later, but uh, go check that out. It, again, it's July the 15th through the 19th. Uh, also, the it's not too early to start planning for the 2019 Annual International Conference on ADHD. This year, it's November the 7th through the 9th. Um, it's in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, we are very proud of the content that we have. Like tonight, we have a great guest that's going to cover some really, really good stuff. But we really encourage everyone, if you can get to the conference, you need to go. Uh, simply because um, you're there, you get great uh, presentations, but you get to talk to the speakers afterwards, and you get to hang out with your tribe. There's as much learned in the halls and at lunch than there is in some of the breakout sessions. So to learn more about that, go to chadd.org. Our show tonight is being brought to you by Children and Adults with Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, and in celebration of that, we're offering two free digital copies of Attention Magazine. So in order to get that, all you have to do is listen to our show. We're going to share a secret word during the show, and we've also shared secret words in other shows. So you just listen to this one and another one. Uh, send me an email at attention at attentiontalkradio.com, and uh, just all you have to do is put the two secret words uh, in the body of the email, and we will forward it to Chad, and they will get you uh, a current copy, PDF copy of Attention Magazine, and the next one coming out. Uh, so that's it for our announcements. I did say, uh, as I mentioned, Tonight's show is being brought to you by Chad. We have a a little tip we're going to run, and we'll get into the show. So here we go. Research shows that physical activity and movement help increase attention, decision-making, and learning. With physical activity, executive function performance improves in as little as 20 minutes, and ADHD symptoms can reduce in intensity after as little as 30 minutes of exercise. Find what works for you. To learn more about ADHD and exercise, visit chad.org. Thanks, Chad, for uh, for that for the information and uh, your long-term support of Attention Talk Radio. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of uh, those with ADHD. Uh, they're the ones that are on Capitol Hill and lobbying for things that we need, but they're also uh, interacting with different regulatory agencies. So when a bill's passed that might be uh, applicable, uh, we still have to go hand-to-hand combat with the regulatory agencies to make sure, like the deaf 
definition of ADHD and, and different things are correct so that appropriate accommodations can be made. Uh, there's a lot of great benefits by becoming a CHAD member. Uh, we really encourage that, but we also encourage people to, to donate to the organization if you're not a member because we need a, a strong CHAD is a strong ADHD community because we work together and speak with one voice. To donate or learn more about CHAD, go to their website at chadd.org. Okay, let's get into tonight's show. So uh, our, our guest is uh, Dr. Sarah Shayette. She's a pediatric neuro neurologist and an expert in working with kids and young adults with ADHD. Oh, she's written a lot about ADHD online, and she's authored two books on the subject, Winning with ADHD and ADHD and the Focus Mind, with the goal of helping young people with ADHD learn to become independent, strong, and successful. Dr. Shayette graduated from Princeton University and UCLA Medical School. She completed a fellowship in pediatric neurology and has been in private practice since then. She treats kids and young adults with ADHD, not just with medication, but also with non-medication strategies, such as those outlined in her book, ADHD and the Focused Mind. She brings a powerful professional perspective on the benefits and limitations of ADHD medications, as well as the many behavioral adaptations young people with ADHD must embrace to thrive with their condition. She and her husband and four kids live in the San Francisco Bay Area. You can learn more about her at her website, and I'm going to spell this out. It's Sarah Shayette, uh, S-A-R-A-H-C-H-E-Y-E-T-T.com. And with that, Dr. Shayette, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on the show, Jeff. I'm really thrilled. What I like about tonight is a lot of people just talk a lot about theory. We're going to talk about like the hard stuff. I mean, the really, really heavy, heavy, hard stuff. John Wilson um, is a good friend of mine, and he runs uh, SOAR, which is a, a boarding school, and they run camps and stuff in the summertime. And I remember him giving a presentation. It was basically you can take a horse to water. You can't make it drink, but you can salt the hay, if you will, to make it a little bit thirsty. And even then, sometimes the, the horse doesn't necessarily drink. And today we're here talking about working with teens that don't get it in situations where uh, we're trying to get them to want help or get help. And so that's a bit of a challenge. So I know in our conversations that when you're working with um, adolescents and teens, really the key is to work with them at first and try to see if you can help them um, gain awareness of ADHD and what's going on. Can you talk to us about that? Yeah. So, you know, to continue your example that you gave about leading the horse to water and the horse not drinking it, what happens is that that you feel like throwing the horse back on you feel like throwing the water back on the horse. People get really angry <laughs> at this, and um, you know then you're in a cycle where people are angry at the kid with ADHD. The kid with ADHD is angry at themselves, and the question is really how to break that cycle because um, the first component of attention and doing things is the intention to do things. And so the question really gets to be, how do you get the teen or young adult to want to do something? Yes. And everybody, I'm a parent, and uh, I'm anxious to learn something tonight because I have, there's so many things that I want my teens to do, and they won't do it. It's, it is a bit of a challenge. And so particularly sometimes I know Dutch is if I say it, they don't want to do it just because it's me. But talk about some of uh, the strategies and stuff and how you work with teens to see if you can, we can get them to buy into this. Absolutely. Well, to, to talk about that, I would say that the first thing you need to understand is what is focus and, and what is intention. And that means focusing means paying attention to one thing and not paying attention to other things. It means that your brain prioritizes one thing over the other. 
everybody focuses sometimes, ADHD or not. When you're not focusing or when you're thinking in an ADHD way, you might start by thinking of something and then get distracted and off to another thing. In other words, your brain is prioritizing nothing. Your brain sees a lot of different things and it jumps from thing to thing and you don't wind up doing anything. And everybody thinks in an ADHD way sometimes too. You get diagnosed with ADHD when you're thinking that way in a very, you know, in a lot of the day, a lot of the, a lot of mm-hmm. your time. So, you know, we need to think about what makes things shift, what makes people shift between focused and not focused. One of the things that makes everybody focus more is if they buy into something. You know, they decide to do something. They like to do something. So when parents are like, do it, do it, do it this way, do it this way, a lot of people have a harder time focusing because eh, they don't really want to do it that way. Their parents yep. are making them. They don't want to do it. So, mm-hmm. you know, we we uh, painful as it is, I'm a parent, and I just want my kids to do it this way because I know that's the right way, and I, I why don't they just listen to me? It's obviously the way to go. I have to force myself to look at things from their perspective. A parent may be going crazy trying to get their kids out the door in the morning on the way to school on time. From a kid's mm-hmm. perspective, eh, you know, school will still be there. If they're late, it just means less school for them. It's not that big a deal. But from mm-hmm. a parent's perspective, of course you want to be on time. Don't you know how that looks? I'm going to be late for mm-hmm. work. Kid doesn't care about that. So to motivate the kid, you have to try to get the kid to see that there's something in it for him and a reason why it would make his life better that he can buy into. Yeah, so it's it's interesting. You use the word get them to see, and you the word's buying in. And I don't mm-hmm. work a lot with teens, but I know with adults – um, I learned this from Greg Creech of the Toto Institute. We did an interview with him years ago, and we did an exercise where he has – like have an adult look at an object, and I say, listen, for 30 seconds, I want you to focus on the object, and they, they do so, and I get done. I said, well, what would you notice? Oh, uh, well, they talk about what's black and some letters. And I said, did you notice in that, that moment you had an extraneous thought like, I wonder why Jeff is having me doing this or how much time is left or, oh, i got to remember to pick something up on the way home. And they go, yeah. And I go, do you notice is that when you have those thoughts that you bring them back to the object? And what I learned from them is in doing this is I do this a lot of time with adults and for them to notice, particularly with ADHD, they have thoughts come into their mind all the time. And it's noticing those thoughts and letting them go and bringing it back to the object because that's your intention is to focus in on the object. And so I put them in the experience. And, and by the way, when it's all done, I say, you know, this is really an exercise. It's a tension exercise, not that much different than meditation. The difference is, is the object is really your breath, and then I kind of break into is, is that you can see that your mind is wandering all over the place, but the idea is can you see that if you witness it, you can bring it back to what your intention is, is what you started with. And so putting them that in experience, they'll often buy into it because I put them in the experience so they actually can see it. So it kind of goes to that. The trick really is is getting the, the teens in that experience so they can see it for their benefit. Uh, no easy trick, I, I I have to believe. That is absolutely true. I have a similar exercise in my book, ADHD and the Focused Mind, where we have somebody 
take a look at a clock with a second hand and try to follow the second hand all the way around for a minute. And it's surprisingly difficult, but it's a great way to get somebody to practice focusing and, like you said, bring those extraneous thoughts back to the clock. For a team, I love that exercise. Well, it's cheap and easy and accessible, so it's it's what I like. Um, You know, neurofeedback and biofeedback and all these other fancy things are also great, but for most people, they can find a clock with a second hand, although that's getting harder to do these days as well. Yep. Again, you put them in that experience and so that they they really can get it and uh, kind of get that buy-in. Sometimes getting them to into an experience, actually witnessing what's going on is not an easy thing to do. At least that I found that. What are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. Um, you know, it, it gets back to uh, parents wanting certain things for their kid. You need to find out what the kid themselves values. And sometimes that's the key to getting them out of a mess. For example, um, just yesterday in my office I had a kid come in who was just failing school, failing school. He was uh, 13 and got mostly Ds. And um, he, you know, I asked him what was important to him, and he said, I'm I'm interested in working out. I'm interested in bodybuilding these days. I want to get more muscle. So, Mm -hmm. you know, for the summer, I'm hoping, and I recommended that they do, that he goes to the gym a lot. That would have added benefits of him accomplishing something and feeling like a person who can do things. And that's the first ingredient as well to attention. But um, he also may make connections with coaches there who might help him do things. He might see other people who are excited. And he will learn that to do something that's hard is a great feeling. It's not enough to just do the easy things. Doing the hard things is what feels good. You know, a lot of people get discouraged. They look at a task and they say, oh, that's hard. Well, you know what? It's supposed to be hard. It's a great practice in learning how to do hard things. So people have to realize, yeah, do the hard things. Yep. So I want to go to a break real quick. I want to kind of convert something. Uh, Again, we've done some interviews with uh, John Wilson before, as I had said. And um, uh, Dr. Sayet had just talked about what kids value. Another word for that is what their currency is. Um, I know my youngest son, his currency right now is his cell phone. When you have his cell phone, you have his undivided attention. Um, There's not much that's bigger in his world other than the car keys, but I definitely know that those are currencies. So if we think in those terms, it can really kind of help. Our secret word tonight is tough. Again, our secret word tonight is tough. And uh, Dr. Sayet's website is S-A-R-A-H-C-H. E-Y-E-T-T-E dot com. And before we go to break, Dr. Shayette, for the books, what are the best places for our listeners to get them? Just go to Amazon, or can they get them off your website? Um, They can get them on Amazon. I'm not selling them off my website at this point, but Amazon is doing a great job selling them for me. So if they just search your name, they'll come up. You can also go to the publishers' websites of New Harbinger and Square One. All right. So with that, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Do you worry when your child is left out? Does your child have trouble making and keeping friends? Do they act out in school? Life skills can be challenging for ADHD kids. Learn how you can be her greatest ally. 
get your parenting questions answered live the first Monday of every month in a Facebook chat with former Attention Talk radio host Caroline McGuire. She's the author of the upcoming book, Why Will No One Play With Me? Go to www.carolinemaguireauthor.com to learn more. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. The average annual cost of attending college starts around $25,000. Students who have ADHD are at high risk of dropping out because they haven't learned the critical skills they need to succeed in school. Protect your investment with an EDGE Foundation coach, specifically trained to help students with ADHD and Executive Function Challenge make the transition from high school to college. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more or call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE to get your free college success guide. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by digcoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everyone. We're here with Dr. Shad, um, having a conversation about tough love and helping ADHD teens get it. Uh, before the break, we were really talking about awareness. The, the best thing to do is really work with your teen, um, particularly if you can put them in experiences. Sometimes you can explain stuff to them, um, and they, they see it, they buy into it. Other times, if you can uh, put them in an experience, um, we both shared like a, an example of how they can begin to see how their thoughts are all over the place and as a means to buy into it. Um, but the idea really is you're, you're really trying to work with them on their terms. Just don't talk at them. Work with them or, um, like I said, try to put them in a, a situation where they can discover what's going on. Um, so, Dr. Shett, ADHD is very much an issue of self-regulation. And so even doing this sometimes, we're trying to emphasize they, they still sometimes are not as aware of what's going on. And as much as we try to help them see things or buy into it, Sometimes they just they just don't or they resist. Talk to us about like what is a parent to do in some of those situations? Well, it may depend on on what's important. So if it's something that is not that important, and that might include something like keeping your room spectacularly clean. Uh, a lot of parents want the the kids to have their rooms cleaner than the the kids want themselves. Maybe focus on something you can both agree on, such as being able to find things, not losing things, uh, you know, being able to be organized in the morning before going to school. So there may mm-hmm. be some things that are stuff that you as a parent think would be better. Sure, it would be great if the bed was made, but the teen doesn't see the point in it. I wouldn't waste your currency on something that is not truly important. You really have to kind of decide what you want to fight about and decide what is something that you're not going to give up on and something that you can give some. Teens is all about a, a, a time to become more independent. So mm-hmm. let the kid make some mistakes and let the kid make some decisions. You know, you have an eye towards the, the time when they're 18 and they'll be leaving the house. What kind of skills are you trying to build in that kid? I, that's that's 
that 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 is really sage advice. Um, really kind of pick your battles. I know for one of my younger ones, I if he just could get his clean clothes and just a basket in the room, that was a win because it really wasn't worth a fight. He really wanted to go on, go after some stuff that was really more hard hitting. Um, Absolutely. And, uh, so you know, hanging and, up the clothes is a barrier for a lot of teens. You know, putting some laundry baskets in on the floor of the closet so that they can take their clothes and yep. just throw them into each different one. That might be just fine. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, in talking, we we're kind of preparing is that sometimes, as much as you hope they're going to get it, they'll see they're going to get, they're not. And sometimes you just have, there's got to be some tough love, and you've got to step in. And for no other, I mean, for when all else fails, you've got to. You have to have some punishments and stuff that are in place in order to kind of help the teen get it. Can you talk to us about that a little bit? Absolutely. Um, well, you know, what's the point of focusing? The point of focusing is to make accomplishment easier. When you focus, you accomplish something, and then everybody notices. You notice. Everybody says, great job. And then you say, okay, I'm going to do something harder. I'm going to do something more. When you're not focused, you usually have a bad outcome. And then what happens is you spiral downwards. That bad outcome leads to you feeling like, see, I'm not good at such and such. And then you have another mm-hmm. bad outcome. And then, you know, anxiety and depression become really intertwined with this. So I believe that self-esteem comes from accomplishment. And when your teen is not accomplishing, um, Sometimes it's a punishment that you need. Sometimes it is a motivation that you need. And you have to try to figure out which situation is the stick and which situation is the carrot. The currency of teens, like you said, is cell phones, electronics, you know, being with their friends. And sometimes it's appropriate to withhold those things. Other times it's a, a matter of trying to figure out how to get the kid back on the cycle of accomplishment. And that Mm -hmm. really, I think, starts with setting smart goals. And that's something that either you can try to do with your teen or you can let the teen try to do it. But the idea is to get them back on a cycle of accomplishment so that their self-esteem raises. And then when they have the inevitable failures, because nobody's going to be on a cycle of accomplishment 100% of the time, but then they don't go into this downward spiral again. They can say, ah, that didn't work out, but Mm -hmm. I'm good at such and such. I'm a kid who keeps trying. I'm going to try it a different way. So Mm -hmm. sometimes the, the stick works, sometimes the carrot works, but more and more as the teen gets older, you really want to work on the carrot part because you're not going to mm-hmm. be around later in their life to do the stick part. You really want to build yeah. a teen who can motivate themselves when things don't yep. go well. So I'm kind of curious on this, and I don't know, this is just my observations, and I gather crowds is I don't work a lot with this crowd. I have some experience with my own kids and talking to others, is that and looking at ADHD very much as a self-regulation issue, there's a tension you have to regulate in emotions, and uh, accomplishment is is a really a, 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 it's a big deal, and if, if you can help them understand how to get out, there's some motivation that goes behind it. And with adults, I have found that if you can help them see the way um, and have some success, then things will kind of fall in line and, and they kind of move forward. And with my own kids, sometimes if it's just that, I'd do it. But sometimes emotions I find get in the way. Where let's take an example where a kid's struggling in school, 
and really needs to go up and ask the teacher. But emotionally, they don't want to be seen asking for help because they feel it's a sign of weakness or they feel judged by their peers. This gets – my, my sense is – and again, I, I'm really interested in your thoughts because I'm not an expert on this – is that it can get sensitive on, on this particular area because you have to be careful because of the emotional part, which goes back to what you said before is you have to kind of stand in their shoes. Because it, sometimes it can get complex. They might want the help, but there's this another emotional thing and the judgment of the peers that's kind of getting in the way. Can you, hey, what are your thoughts on that? And then can any any does that make some sense, or am I missing something? And thoughts on Ab- top of it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I I also see adults in my office, um, and I I think that the same principles are there throughout the age span. The, there's some differences in that adults have more sort of negative experiences that have piled up on them. Um, However, they they sometimes have more insight than teens. But it's the same principle for everybody. Um, And, you know, the idea is to get a teen or or an adult to decide they want to do something. And Mm -hmm. um, if they have uh, any inkling that they want to get a little bit out of their mess, that's what we need to push. Because mm-hmm. if they decide to do it, it'll be a lot stronger for them. If it's other people pushing them to do it, it's a problem. And um, anxiety and depression are a huge part of why people can't get out of their negative cycle. Uh, they, you know, it's like an elephant is sitting on them, um, and, and they don't even know how to, how, to, how to get out. They don't know how to move it. Anxiety and depression make it harder for you to focus in the first place. And so then you have that bad outcome, and then you have more anxiety and depression, and then you have uh, a harder, uh, you know, a worse outcome again. The thing about it is, yeah, so, you know, you can think of your brain as having two parts. One part is the rational thinking part. The other part is the emotional part. And to reduce a lot of neuroscience into, like, one sentence, basically when the emotional part of your brain turns on, it physically turns off the rational thinking part of your brain. So, you know, I think this comes from evolution and when you got scared because you see the saber-toothed tiger, you know, you don't want to be overthinking your stuff. You just run. The thinking part of your brain is off. Um, But as you know, 21st century people here, what happens is that people really do get paralyzed by their emotions. The thinking part of their brain turns off or is distorted, and then they can't do. You know how, like if you, for me with my kids, I'm afraid if they're on an airplane and I'm not with them, what if the airplane goes down and blah, 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 Mm -hmm. blah, blah. I can really work myself up. The emotional part of my brain turns on. And then as soon as they land and text me that everything's fine, I can start thinking, oh, yep. my gosh, why was I even worried? They're safer in the Absolutely. air than they are on the ground, right? Absolutely. So the, Absolutely. The, you know, the key to this is kind of visualizing that and then trying to turn the thinking part of your brain back on, trying to strengthen it. Absolutely. And that might might start with just thinking about little different things, you know, just, just, just yep. like okay, where are we going to start from here? What's, let's do a math yep. problem. Let's do something Absolutely. that gets our brain in gear. Absolutely. Hi, everybody. She's, she's spot on. We're going to go to break when we come back. I'm, I want to reference some stuff, some other resources you can go to to, to realize the power of this. Um, 
again, uh, please check out uh, Dr. Sayet's website at S-A-R-A-H-C-H-E-Y-E-T-T.com. Uh, you can uh, search her name in Amazon for her books. Our secret word tonight is tough. Again, our secret words tonight is tough. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. You can't go off to college with them, but we can. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more how an edge coach can help your student reach their full potential. You can also call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE and get a free college success guide. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay. Do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're having a great conversation about parents' tough love, helping kids get it. Uh, before the break, Dr. Shiat was talking about emotional uh, emotion issues, and we did a great interview with Dr. I mean, Adam Zatani back in uh, October of 2014. Adam heads up all the curriculum at Sesame Street, the TV show, the YouTube, the app, and the website. And that season 43 um, at, at Sesame Street was dedicated to uh, self-regulation. Um, and part of that was emotional self-regulation. The whole campaign that year was uh, Me Want Cookie, Me Wait after the Cookie Monster. Anyway, the show that we did, you can look it up. Is they actually to give you a sense of this, and, and this is a way we do it as a coach is when people have emotions, we try to help them begin to listen to their body because your body won't lie to you. And they would talk about how they would use the Muppets to identify feelings so the kids would have a name and then identify the place in their body when they would feel it. They would begin to belly breathe and count one, two, three, because when you're when you get emotional, you go into this fight, flight, or freeze response. And this is a process that I've studied. I've listened to lots of experts. It's really the same process with different words to kind of catch yourself, pause, breathe to get oxygen in your brain because we're trying to bring that thinking brain online to override that more primitive brain. And because when you're in an emotional state, you can't even remember uh, what you should do in those particular situations. And I'm really glad that you brought this up, Shayette, because while your kids are in that emotional state, you need to appreciate that. But one of the things that I know is that if you're a parent and you're getting upset at your kids because they're not doing something, they're actually in the emotional state. So they can actually understand the experience of their kid by going inwardly and realizing if you're upset, your emotions are coming out. The first thing you really need to do is put the oxygen mask and downregulate your emotions and then go work with the, the child to kind of get them back down so everybody can think. You want to talk about that or speak to that? Absolutely. And, you know, people feed off each other. And if, if yep. you as an adult don't have your, your stuff together, then, you know, you can't really expect your kid to do that. 
um, one of the most important things is to to let your kid know that there is still a connection. Anxiety and depression are very isolating. And, um, you know, maintaining a connection, doing fun things, maybe just, just, just having an ice cream together, relaxing, might be the first way to, to kind of break the cycle of the negative emotions. Um, but the kid needs to know that their relationship to you is not based on accomplishment, no matter how much you want them to accomplish you know, there has to, it's there has to be a time where you can both say it's just school, it's just mm-hmm. this, it's not you, it's it's just mm-hmm. school. And I have a mirror in my um, office where sometimes I ask people to say that in front of the mirror, and you would be surprised at how they can see their body language change after they are able to kind of shed some of that weight. They can say it's just school, and then they kind of walk a little taller, a little prouder, and they can realize that there are parts of them that are not tied to their difficulties with accomplishment. And, and I have to, I have to, again, what she, everybody, what she's saying is kind of spot on. It, the, the mirror thing. Let me kind of go back. I, did, I interviewed Dr. Barkley eight years ago in emotional self-regulation. He talked about the levels of it. And one of the things that he talked about was the mind's mirror because people with ADHD have difficulty because of working memory issues and other things to look back. And literally by physically looking in the mirror, they no longer, they can kind of see themselves and they can reflect back on that. And they're in the experience for them to witness kind of what's going on to get that buy-in and kind of get that aha. So I have to just kind of highlight that. That's just a brilliant thing that I understand. I mean, I can see why it really makes all the sense in the world because you're actually helping them see that. And in the moment when they when they see it and they buy into it, then they can begin to do something about it. So nice little tip. Well, you know, I will I will say that body language tells you what to do in many respects. So if you walk through the day and you're all slumping and you're like, oh, uh, I don't know what's going to happen today. Oh mm-hmm. gosh, it's even Friday the thirteenth. You are going to act that way. If you can get mm-hmm. your body to look like a winner, you'll feel like a winner. In our book, The Winning with ADHD, which I, I co-wrote with a young adult who had to learn how to feel like a winner despite the ADHD, part of the issue is taking care of your body and making sure that your body is telling you that you're a winner. Taking care yep. of your body can include things like getting enough sleep, eating reasonably yep. healthy food, and getting some exercise. I can't underest- I can't yep. you know overemphasize that. Because that's super important. Exercise. Uh, we did an interview with John Rady one time. Basically, said if you could put exercise in a pill, it'd be the drug of mm-hmm. the century. It's true, and it's not just the exercise part of it. You know, although exercise does have wonderful physical benefits for your brain, but it's the feeling of accomplishment. It's the practice in goal yep. setting, and for many yep. people, it's learning how to do something intensely in short bursts. So that is something that they can then directly translate to how they deal with the rest of the world. Yep. Well, another layer to add on, there's the physical benefits of the exercise, the blood pumping. And if you're doing something like tennis or taekwondo or something like that, you're using executive functioning at that point in time to organize and see. You're actually exercising your executive functioning thought process. And then through failing forward, the trial and error and trial and error of, of getting it wrong and then getting it right gives you that sense of accomplishment. So there's so much that's built into exercise that's really kind of not seen. Again, you have the physical benefits. You have the, 
the executive function exercises that's actually kind of happening, and then you have the accomplishment towards a goal. There's a lot that's really kind of learned there. Um, one other area that I wanted to kind of bring up that I think I'm just interested in your thoughts. The, the experts that I have interviewed over the years is, you know, basically the executive functioning is about depends on who you talk to. Twenty to thirty percent behind. It's delayed um, in development. So if you've got a 16-year-old, you're really thinking more about maybe a 14-year-old decision-making capacity. And because of self-regulations, they have time blindness. They have the difficulty about future rewards and bringing that into the now. And as they start to get older in teams like that, college application stuff, we're talking about things that are really kind of distance out. We know the more we can do to bring things at point of performance to make it real and tangible, it's easier. As, as kids get older in their later teens, Getting them to see some of this and buy into it gets a little bit more complicated because of the nature of ADHD. And it seems to me that this is just an area at, at po some point in time they catch up. Um, often I've seen it like in the 20s and stuff like that. But there's this area where it's just a bit of a challenge, and it's apparent. It's just like a lot of patience and a lot of faith and a lot of trust. At least that's my sense. But I'm interested. What are your thoughts on that and any ideas on parents and dealing with that type of stuff when we are talking about something that's distant? Um, and it's Ab hard to bring it to the now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, brains are still growing during the teenage years, which is, you know, it's got its positives and its negatives. You're not dealing with the finished product. So one one part of having hope is kind of a belief that this is not always going to be the way it is. And so mm -hmm. as a parent or a coach, you need to kind of remember that things are changing. Um, of course, there's a wide variety of attention of uh, executive function abilities, even within ADHD. A lot of people with ADHD who have good organizational capabilities, they are not really caught until later um, because they're able to function. But um, organization is important, and it's important to develop, and it's important that the kids are are uh, the ones kind of driving the bus here. If they forget to bring in their homework, the, the question is really how are you going to find a way to not make that mistake again? And, mm -hmm. you know, one of the keys to that is taking something out of their memory. So, you know, they almost always will say, well, I'll just remember next time. I'll, 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 just, I'll just do a better job remembering. So don't try to remember that's the hard way to do it. Try to figure out a system that takes your memory out of it. As an adult, the consequences of ADHD are worse. So take the kid who didn't turn in their homework, oh well, bad grade, whatever, people mad. But as a 25-year-old who doesn't ha hand in the work assignment on time and ready to go, you know, that person gets fired. No job, yep. no food, no car, no house. Yep. So, you know, I think what happens in in people's early 20s is that they really kind of see that there are some really, really important benefits to it. Plus, and, you know, not coincidentally, people are not telling them what to do as much. People are really more hands-off than when your kid is in their 20s, and so they're forced to do things on their own. So I think it's a combination of, um, the brain growth, mm -hmm. uh, learning from experiences, and kind of deciding that they don't want to be the person who gets fired. Yep. And sometimes it just 
takes an incident and um, there's a people with ADHD struggle with self-awareness. And I'll, I'll t- tell this story. I was coaching a 23 year old uh, at one point in time and we were focused on her working memory and she, she would, something would come to her and she would, she, you know, she would rely on her working memory. And I said, it sounds like you're relying on your working memory to remember things. She says, yeah. I said, how's it working for you? She says, not very good. And literally mm-hmm. we coached on it every week for like five or six weeks. And finally, at the end of one call, because they, I always, people I work with, they always have an awareness or some type of exercise that they need to do to kind of focus on whatever we're talking about or whatever they come up with. And um, one of the notions was when she had a thought or idea, she needed to kind of write it down. And literally, we were getting off, like, okay, wrap it up. I'll catch you next week. I said, oh, wait, hang on for a second. Let me ask you a question. Did you write down your homework? And she goes, oh, no, I didn't. And it's funny because... There's some level of taking the horse to the water and self pay, <laughs> but there's a there's a point in here at some point in time where you can do everything you can. You can stand on your head. You can you can do everything there for them, but sometimes it just doesn't click. And I got I, I've coached people before where it was like Groundhog Day. We talk about the same thing over and over and over and over and over. And then nine months later, all of a sudden one day it's completely different. It like all of a sudden sinks in. And I, and I share this, and I'm interested in your thought before we wrap this up, is sometimes it just takes a lot of patience because the more you push it, the, I think the more they resist. But the more you repeat, like I'm noticing that you keep relying on your memory, keep relying on your memory. I mean it could take weeks before it dawns on them. And, again, what I've learned over the years is it's, it's going to come to them when it's going to come to them. You can't push it very hard, and if you do, they'll actually resist it. Um, thoughts around that before we close out? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. And the, what people, I think especially in this day and age, um, forget is that change takes time. And you need to look for a little incremental progress. If, you, you know, if you're a D student, you're not going to be an e, A student tomorrow. First, you've got to be a C student and celebrate that. And you have to give the kids time to kind of internalize what, what, what the advice that you're giving them and um, really kind of accept it wholeheartedly. You know, if a kid or any person is ambivalent about something, if they sort of feel like, yeah, I kind of want to get my homework done, but I kind of want to hang out with my friends, you know, one thing's pulling them in one direction and the other per- thing is pulling them in the other direction and they wind up going nowhere. And so Mm -hmm. the key to all this is trying to reduce the ambivalence, trying to see everything, you know, heart, mind, and body, so that you are able to move forward. Because if you you have a lot of mixed feelings about it, then nothing's going to happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Time to close things out. Any last tidbits or nuggets before we call it a day? Call it a show? Oh, um, well, you know, I just would say remember that you love your kids and remember that uh, they love you. And, you know, that needs to be the basis of the the relationship. You're not your kid's coach. Parents tend to make poor coaches, not always, but sometimes you need somebody more objective. So try to maintain the connection and relationship with the kids no matter what. Um it's Terry Matlin I interviewed years ago. She's an ADHD professional, and parents hear me good. She, her kids um, went to school, and I can't remember, IEP or 504 plan, whatever, but every year she would go into the school, and it was like Armageddon. Under no circumstances was homework to come home. That was her rule, and she had to mm-hmm. battle the school with it every year. But her point really was 
is that she didn't want to have that negativity coming home. It was about the relationship with the kids. And when I was interviewing, she said that it was profound to me because she was advocating for her relationship with the kids and not getting put on that other side because it was so important to her to be able to be there for them and stuff like that. So I just – I had to tell that story um, because sometimes it, it gets to the core of that. You can get wrapped up in this every day, but you really have to stay connected with your kids. That's really what it's all about. Absolutely. All right. So I can't tell you. This has been very, very insightful. Dr. Shedd, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. It was fun to talk with you. Absolutely. We appreciate it. Everyone, to learn more, go to her website at S-A-R-A-H-T-H-E-Y-E-T-T-E.com. Look her up on Amazon to get her books. Remember, our secret word tonight is tough. With that, we hope you've enjoyed this edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care. 